I'm Tom Saunders, getting through this in Los Angeles. And I'm Scott Blakeman in Manhattan, second city of the fabled comedy institution from Tommy's native Chicagoland is being sold to a private equity hedge fund for $50 million. The implications are obvious and ominous. The MO, or modus operandi, of these hedge funds is to swoop up trouble assets and proceed to dismantle them by cutting staff and other resources. They wind up making a profit, but these once grand newspapers, radio stations, and now Second City wind up becoming shells of their former selves. Well, the punchlines will be the first to go. Then the impressions, followed by the character comedy. Why, by the time Strauss Zelnick and his company ZMC are finished, Second City will specialize in public domain sketches and custom-crafted shows for the corporate market. More than ever, with the evil heavy hand of private equity grabbing the microphone out of the hands of independent comedy practitioners, this very podcast will take on even more importance than it has now. You and I, Tommy, will be comedy's bulwark against corporate takeovers. The new comedy, which we have founded, will resist the lure of dollar signs and stick to our mission of making each other laugh and creating ideas and inventions that we donate to the world to use for good. Scotty, allow me to choke up for just a moment at the, the magnanimity, if that's even a word, Magman, magnanimity, I think that is a word, the magnanimity of what you've just said. Scotty, I pinch myself when I realize with this, that this podcast represents the start of an aesthetic movement. Some might think it pretentious to call what we do new comedy, but I ask, was it pretentious in 1948 when Dior, the great designer of women's clothes, pronounced his voluminous post-war gowns the new look? To this people may smile enigmatically and say, oh, I see. Well, Dior did it in 1948. And you don't know if they're being sarcastic, really. So, but I will say this. The Second City was once so brilliantly innovative. Even the first theater in Chicago's Old Town was one of the first reclaimed architectural spaces ever and spawned a sketch comedy movement that thrives to this day in Saturday Night Live. For people listening to this podcast a thousand years from now, you're probably still watching SNL on Saturday, right? And yet, and yet, Scotty, a couple of years ago, I went to Second City in Toronto, and Scotty, I was bored. That's right, bored. Once home to every single SCTV star and many Saturday Night Live and lums, the show had now seemed smug, prosaic, predictable, and almost put me to sleep. I literally had to fight from snoring correctly for the tourists. The point is, and I say this humbly, Scotty, we at getting through this must never become smug, no matter how successful becomes our hybrid of written and improv comedy that is so new, we are unable to call it anything but the new comedy. I don't mean to sound alarmist, Tommy, but the private equity hedge funds have set their sights on, targeted, and aimed, well, at several gun-related expressions, but also... Uh, as more Chicago institutions like yesterday, the Chicago Tribune, which is in the process of being taken over along with many other Tribune newspapers, another hedge fund is taking over that. The question is, are these hedge fund acquisitions targeting not just Chicago area media and nationwide entertainment institutions, but you personally, Tommy? Wow, that's an interesting thought. 
Uh, it's a chilling thought, actually, on a day when the weather in much of the country is even chillier. And I can't uh, discount your suggestion that uh, I may be personally uh, uh, targeted. And, and, and you're right. We must prepare for the day when our getting through this podcast becomes the target of a hostile takeover bid. Uh, now, think about this, Scotty. Going from happily making no money on a podcast, as we're doing now this very minute, to being offered $1.5 billion, Scotty, that's billion with a B, to take our podcast public, well, it definitely could result in severe whiplash. In the movie vi version, when the big money starts flowing, that's when the trouble starts. One of us parties with Coke and hookers and gets all grandiose about what a genius he is, while the other gets worried. Hey, man, don't forget, it was all about the new comedy. I say we skip that stage, Scotty, and go right to the part where we're all having breakfast on a luxurious Paris in Lake Como, Italy, celebrating our windfall by announcing that much of the money will go to good causes. George Clooney, who also lives in Lake, Com Lake Como, Italy, will no doubt look on from his backyard next door, hoping to be invited over to our breakfast gathering. But will we be ready to let random celebrities crash our special moment? Same amount of questions as answers, Scotty. Well, I, would, I would prefer random celebrities than hedge fund goons. And that's the main reason why we wouldn't want to be taken over by a hedge fund is they're not, uh, you know, you say we see the picture and it looks like a stock photo. It's always a, kind of a tan 40s-ish guy with an open collar and the sport jacket and the hair slicked back. And they, this is they're the only profession where the movies, uh, it's not a stereotype. It's really just, it actually under uh, plays them. So we wouldn't want to hang out with them in any no. way. And I would rather uh, any kind of level, D celebrity who's a nice person to hang out with us in Lake Como, but not these open right. capital hedge fund guys. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. I, 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 I'm, I'm, of course, hedge fund people are absolutely, it doesn't matter that we, but, I mean, look, Am I going to turn down a million and a half dollar, a billion and a half dollar, just a billion with a B, yeah. Scott? Uh, am I going to turn that down? No, I'm not going to do that. But the, it, but if a hedge fund guy says, hey, I can make you a billion and a half dollars, but you're going to have to hang out with me, then I've got to really, I, I think you're right, Scotty. I, I I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah, well, that you'd leverage in the negotiation. You'd have to put them in going, we'll take less if we don't have to hang out with them. Yeah. Oh, that's see, that's why you could, you know, you should be the, the one who negotiates. Yeah, I mean, we could walk away with, let's say, 800 million just as long as we have to hang out with them. Yeah, and then some people say, listening, you're going to walk away from, uh, I can't do the math, 700 million more dollars. Just yeah, 700 hang out with them. And, and I would look them and look them in the eye or the camera, depending on or Zoom, yeah. uh, you know, a thing and say, yes, because it's worth it. Whoa. Whoa, that's that that really just puts the and, and, and a lot of hedge fund uh, uh, people right now are listening to this uh, or maybe they're not. Maybe they're busy hedging their funds. Yeah. Who, who knows what they do with their spare times? But I, I, and I realize they're going to have hurt feelings because there's no there's no doubt. We're not we're not mincing words here. We got here's the other thing. Hedge funds, guys, are basically they're, they're betting. They're often short selling that's that was the whole game stop yeah yeah exactly and uh, so you couldn't feel bad 
for the hedge funds in that case. And and also not only short selling, but they literally they just right now with the Tribune. And I know that wasn't your favorite paper growing up, but it's uh, we want to preserve them all. And they always say we're committed to sustainably keeping the local journalism. And it's the opposite. We're going to just, you know, tear down the newsroom, fire hundreds of people and make money. But the newspaper will be a shell of itself. So. Uh, yeah, but- not the people we want to hang out with. And again, maybe there's a nice hedge fund person out there. I don't, I don't know, but uh, they're in other areas. I think the nice people. Well, here's the, here's the deal. I feel somewhat bad uh, about uh, the um, fact that, you know, right now we're basically uninviting hedge funds to the, uh, to our life, essentially hedge fund. Yeah. Uh, what, what are they called? Hedge funders? Oh, uh, well, uh, Private equity, uh, my, or they're NPE. I, you know, they probably use all these, you know, uh, expressions and things. But uh, yeah, and actually, we're, we're going against the great war. Everyone else is like, "Hey, look at me! Look at me! Buy me out! I'll take 1.5 billion." And we say, "Thanks, but no thanks." Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, let's let's just drop it down to 800 million, and and we don't have to hang yeah. out with you. That's what we're saying. Yeah. What we're saying, I and mean, you're right. Other people are, like, oh, please buy us. Oh, I'll, you know, because they hear a billion and a half dollars, and right away, you know, the dollar signs go right into. Oh the yeah, Bible. yeah, and we're leaving seven hundred million on the table, as they say. On the table. I don't even think it should be on the table because it could get no. misplaced. Uh, they don't have to take yeah, it out. It, period. It, it's an expression. Yeah. Uh, uh, though, and I think it's a good one because you can imagine just a stacks of money, and we're just walking away, and and, and the hedge funds guys are going wait a minute, but it's all this money. And we're going, no, just, we just don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. Now, a lot of people are going to hear that and they're going to say, oh, well, the poor hedge fund people, they're, they're, they're being rejected. But they don't, what, what people have to realize is hedge fund guys are just goons with business degrees. And, and, and billions of dollars and, and big houses. Yeah, it's, it's really, yeah. And they don't sound exactly like the goons that we talk about on the show, but they might as well. Right for what they're doing no they have that because we the goons we talk about talk with goons and um you know they talk in goonish manner and you wonder were they rate you know were they taught to speak that way growing up you don't know no but these hedge fund guys they're all they talk in this kind of smug hey dude what's going on what what you doing this weekend hey we're gonna go uh, we're gonna can- cancun we're gonna uh, PJ to Cancun. PJ, that means private. Yeah, yeah, which is to me is worse than the uh, pedestrian, you know, the run of the mill goon that we lampoon regularly. I would take the, you know, the regular Joe goon who really can't do a lot of damage. They're just a little annoying at a bar, like, hey, she's, yeah, she's hot, you know, whatever. But these, the yeah, I, I, yeah, but these do real damage these, to our beloved institutions. No. That, that, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how you have these. The, the, uh, uh, it's it's these hedge fund guys that are why we have this huge divide of uh, you know just like this very small number of people, as small as ten percent of the people <laughs> own eighty percent of everything, you know. And uh, 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 and, and I mean I'm with uh, um, you know uh, Sanders on. Oh that. yeah, absolutely. And they have really look. No one's saying you can't be wealthy, but in the fifties and sixties early 70s before all this happened you were wealthy but you still lived in a neighborhood and went and the houses weren't 50 million they were you know and it really has put things uh out of way i'm i have a proposal tommy and this may be going too far but i say put hedge fund guys on the terrorist list oh that's and that could be an interesting you know because um 
you know, would, wow. would affect their commercial travel, of course. But I mean, because they're in private jets. But but I would say to look at it that way, and uh, you know, nonviolent. Yeah, so put it on the on the on the terrorist watch list. Yeah. And um, yeah. So does that affect their getting good seats at restaurants? Like, if you're on a terrorist watch list, and see, that's the other thing that. Uh, bothers me about the the hedge fund people is that are they going to get better seats at restaurants just because they're they make billions of dollars? Oh, that's that's the only reason they do. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 I uh, uh, and if they're on the terrorist watch list, like if if I mean that's gotta be a you know I mean that that's like if I mean I don't know exactly how it works, but like when you're at and and it, I realize right now it's it's a little premature to talk about restaurant reservation uh, issues because we're still in a pandemic and we're still, you know, struggling with, can we even have indoor dining? We can't at this time. We will at some point and we need to be ready for, if you're saying that we, let's put hedge fund guys on the terrorist watch list. Do we even have a system where when you make a reservation at a restaurant, do they know if you're on the terrorist watch list? That's a great point, Tom, because I don't think, you know, uh, open table of the reservation things are hooked up to that. So all they see is, you know, uh, uh, Strauss Zelnick for two. And they don't know yeah. he's a part of a hedge fund and then and, and, and by definition, the terrorist. So and by definition, yeah. So that's a loophole that I'm a little leery of even talking about this, because I think if we do have any terrorists listening, just, you know, using... With their app uh, that gives them ideas on how to, you know, infiltrate by just uh, the information systems. They might have assumed uh, and it made an ass out of you and me <laughs> in the process that they, uh, if you're a terrorist, and, they, and, and, and I think that that is something to, to think about because I was just thinking about the, the uh, hedge fund guys, but the terrorists might hear this and go, hey, you know what, maybe I can just make a reservation at any restaurant I want. And they won't, and, and they'll uh, just. And they're not even trying to do any damage. They just assume, oh, we're in, in, in no, New York, whenever we can't walk into. That's fine. I mean, they can have a meal, and then some non terrorist is going to get bumped. They're not going to be able to. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's well, the, uh, that's the thing. There are a lot of loopholes that need to be addressed. There are of course, there's yeah. the gun show loophole. That's a whole other issue that needs Oh, to what a loophole. But now the reservation loophole. Uh, yeah. And sadly, Tommy, in this world, if you've got the money, as they say, yeah. you know, you've got that good table. So uh, we need yeah. to ask more questions about it. And that's what we do in the show. We ask questions that nobody is asking about a wide variety of, of uh, Here's a areas. Yes. A very timely question, if you don't mind, Scotty. Uh, uh, just on that very topic, now that we're having people eating outdoors, are there really good tables outdoors that people covet? <laughs> Uh, versus tables outdoor that they like as one table clo too close to the fire hydrant or something. Well, yeah, remember like in the classic thing, you're in Siberia. You know, what's yeah. Siberia for outdoor dining? Siberia. <laughs> it's really Siberia. And that's the thing yeah. like, how was the restaurant? Eh, it was all right, but uh, we were pretty far away from Santa Monica, Siberia. Yeah. And, I mean, that's like an expression. No, actually, they have a, they do have a plane. They take you there and they get they you back. You but, you know. And you're like, and you go, wait a minute, it's a joke, right? And they go, no, actually, um, uh, and you'll have to move along and get in the plane uh, or, or we'll, we'll have to fly away without you. And then you go, oh, well, don't fly away. And then you realize, why didn't I just, why did I get in this plane? Yeah. Because the trip from the restaurant, first of all, you've got to get into a shuttle bus, go to the, go to, uh, 
a part of the airport that isn't even like a, a major, you know, uh, terminal. No, it's a, yeah, no, no. It's like for, for, um, uh, a charter or, you know, if they still have that. Right. right. And, and, and so it's not, it's not really comfortable setting. There's, there's chairs and tables and you're waiting and you're going, all I wanted to do, all I wanted to do was just have a, have dinner in Santa Monica at, at Tar and Roses. And then I get seated in literally in Siberia. So there's this long bus ride, and then you're waiting for the plane. And then the plane finally gets in, and it's all these other customers that are seated in Siberia. Yeah, and you don't. So they're by the way, you didn't pack anything because you didn't know. You <laughs> thought you get seated. I didn't even think about that. You, you didn't even have. You, you don't even pack anything. But you're in a plane, and it's a long flight. Oh yeah, I don't know, twelve hours, and then you get there and. And then you, that's it. That's There's nothing to look forward to. You're just in Siberia. <laughs> and you're not even guaranteed you can order the exact same things off the menu in Siberia that you could in Santa Monica. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. That's uh, <laughs> you see, wind up just getting a, a, a all you can order is a, a fatty piece of lamb. Yeah. Like, it, like there's no vegetables or nothing. Fries. No. One fatty piece of lamb. Uh, it, 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 I mean, it's yeah. So. Uh, wow. What a nightmare that I mean, that's not a Twilight Zone or a, a sci fi thriller. Um, yeah. but you are right, though, Tommy. Uh, that is a big I, I, I out last night, uh, uh, at a place that I've been to a few times, and they do have these two pavilions that are, um, you know, spaced apart and have heaters and also open to the street. Uh, where was this? This like, is just two uh, blocks from my uh, apartment, and um. And 92nd Street uh, between 2nd and 3rd Avenue. Well, 93rd and 3rd, the Barking Dog. I might, and I've been there many times and very good food. I just, this, this reporter just really had a hankering for a burger and a beer, which this reporter has not had for many, many, many weeks. I've had hardly any in the, since last March. Uh, and it hit the spot and um, very nice waitress. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, kind of a, it was a windy night, but it kept that out and it was still ventilated. Wait. It was windy, but what kept it out? Well, they had these kind of curtains, but it wasn't one of these. Some of these pavilions in New York, they're, they're glass enclosures that defeat the whole purpose of yeah, eating outdoors. They're, they're it's new just, restaurants. Yeah, it's like <laughs> indoors, exactly. outdoors. But this was definitely, you know, protected and had a nice heater, but it was definitely open to the outdoors. So it was the. So you wore, you wore uh, your coat. You yeah, my full winter garb with layering and. Um, what about gloves? You well, I didn't wear the gloves once I grasped the burger. And it wasn't, uh, I found it pleasant enough. And actually, Tommy, and I know some of our listeners say enough with the Allbirds, but I just will only just say my Allbird runner-up mizzles, which are, they said, keep you warm. And they're a little higher, kept my feet warm. And that's more important than... Oh, that's, that's good to know. That is good yeah. to know. Yeah, so anyway... Uh, We're big fans of... Yeah, uh, I really have to say, Tommy, let me just say that it really makes a difference. It, it has appreciably, now I know some people may roll their eyes, these Alberts have appreciably made my life better. When I take my walks, I literally go, feel like, how long was I walking? I just forget how long I've been walking. It's amazingly <laughs> comfortable. And, Amazing. you know, the naysayers, the sarcastos, you know, the snarkos. Yeah, go, yeah that's really good that you care about a shoe so much. Yeah, that's really interesting. No, it's no, fascinating. No. <laughs> and it's really changed my life for, for good. Me too, Scotty. Just today, I noted that, it, and by the way, the shoes get better as you use them. Yeah. I, I have also, in addition to the mizzles, I have these slip-ons that I wear around the house so that I don't fall down and have to go to the hospital. Yeah. Fall down the steps. 
and and I but there's but actually they're just comfortable. No laces required, and I can stick my feet in them without. Remember in the last podcast we discussed how I had to lean over, bend down, and stick my finger in the yeah. back of the shoe to put it hook it around my heel. No longer, wow. Scotty. I just slide them in while standing like a man, like towering above uh, above the shoes, looking down, feeling proud, Scotty. But I bet Oliver, your cat. Looks admiring. That's one of the few times where he feels uh, that Tommy's got a. That's an amazing thing he just did. Because you know, normally he's looks down. Uh, I guess, but uh, he, you know, he likes these shoes. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. It's interesting because he loves. He prefers my leather slip-ons. He loves to be petted while he's snorkeling, <laughs> sticking his nose inside my leather slip-on shoes as they lie on the floor. Um, the, the, the new shoes, these Allbirds, he's getting to, to know them, but they, I don't think they have the leather because they're made out of wool. It's amazing, so the merino wool. Now, is this a literally a slip on in terms of there's no back? Yeah. Um, no, no, there is a back. back but it just slips on. That's... It's, but it's, yeah, it's a, um, right. It's, it's, um, wow. Well, you know, we can't stop singing the praises. I know we can't. Because stop. it is that good. We are trying to stop singing the praises, but uh, it's it's hard. It's a challenge. Yeah, uh, and it's it, but it's life affirming. It really makes a difference, and it's one of my uh, you know happiest purchases. And so uh, that's what it's all about. And we have and to eat way, happy purchases to take our minds off of hedge funds buying out you know newspapers and exactly. It's it's exactly we, we and 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 just the the whole thing of. of as you say, maybe perhaps targeting us, targeting this show, oh, yeah. gradually selling off. Imagine selling off one of our iPhones, and then <laughs> we're like stuck with one iPhone. We're just huddled around the own, uh, the iPhone. Then some guy comes in, and a couple other guys from the hedge fund, and and they didn't even knock. They just come in. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And and they go, yeah, and they just look at our iPhone. They go, so uh, are you finished with that thing? And we're like. What do you mean? It's my phone, <laughs> and, and not anymore, buddy. Yeah, the cutting. That's all, all about cutting. And one point five billion dollars. Well, talk about material too. They'll be slashing. They'll come in and they'll just slash whole minutes out of the podcast, and people go, uh, "It was good, but we didn't quite get it. They looked like there was uh, because they came in, and cut it out. Yeah, willy nilly. They figured out they could save X Y Z amount of money. Yeah, yeah, storage. Cost less if it's a shorter show. Like, he makes the show ten minutes instead of thirty-four minutes. Imagine ten-minute show, oh. and, uh, 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 and and then you're you're asking yourself, is this really worth the one point five billion dollars that we now have? Yeah, I mean, knowing that we're losing twenty-four minutes f five days a week, five and that's a, a pretty high price to be paid. You have to put up with that. To, I mean, uh, yes, you have all the money you could ever, you can't even spend all this money, no. even if you spend it. Uh, yes, of course. If you spend a million dollars a month, you couldn't spend it, spend it all. So what? The podcast is shorter, man. Uh, no way. No way. No, no. I'm sorry. Keep your $1.5 million, man. Yeah, and they think it's great. Like, hey, dudes. We saved oh, oh, your time. Sorry, you only have to do 10 million. minutes and make all that moolah. I don't know if they would say that. And we go, yeah, that's not what it's all about. We need want to talk because we have a lot we want to say going, ah, come on. It's all, what difference does it make? Just say a few things and get out. You know, so they don't care. They're not going to go. No, they don't care. No, that's the, that, and the same thing with 
a newspaper or a separate yep. city. They Same just want to make money. They don't want to make it good. They want to make it worse, really. Yeah, yeah. No, they're not about the podcast, man. No. They're about Benjamin. Yeah. And, and, and uh, uh, so that's why it's going to be a, like, uh, as you say, Scotty, and you and, and, and in your chilling opening that <laughs> uh, uh, they may be targeting us. This is a conversation we need to have, uh, and and we're having it right now. Yeah. So it's good to have to say that we need to have a conversation, and we're right in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. I mean, Instead of just putting, a lot of times people say that we need to have, and then they don't. We're in the we're yeah. They never get around. Some people might say, possibly, aren't you being a little presumptuous? You know, uh, right now you're not a well-known podcast. Do you really think a hedge fund is going to snap you up? And the question is, why wait until we are? A very popular podcast. Then you. Yeah. And by the way, you know, uh, yes, we are being presumptuous. So deal with it. You know, we, yeah. we, what's wrong with be? There's no. The founding fathers never said, uh, "No podcaster may ne- may ever be presumptuous." Uh, the Bible. I don't think, uh, and I'm not a Bible uh, scholar, a yeah. biblical scholar, but I don't know of any verse in the Old or the New Testament, Scotty, that even speaks to uh, being presumptuous as a podcast. Or even anything. That's a great word to zero in on because that's yeah. always a negative, just like being stop being defensive. You know, when yeah. we're just giving our side of a story. That's not yeah, you're just, you're just saying, wait a minute, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but, but then but and presumptuous uh, is basically based on presuming, right? So yeah. uh, I, if you just said, well, uh, we may be a quiet, I presume. I presume you might be a quiet. Then you, with a British accent, nobody's going to be all over you. But if you say, oh. I don't want to be presumptuous, but what well, are you yeah, being presumptuous? Being presumptuous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and, and yeah, when did it ever get to be a, like a bad thing to be to presume something? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah okay, by the way, what's the difference between presuming and assuming? Right. Uh, well, uh, I, I mean, presuming and assuming. That's a great like, point. Uh, it's, yeah, it's one of those very close, because you might say, well, I assume that you already had dinner. Or you could say, well, I presume you're, I, I think it may just be a, a British American, uh, you know, that presume. Like, or, or maybe you, you're, when you presume, you're, you do a pre, like, uh, like you prepare. Or yeah. Judge, you, you're, you're assuming before you, uh, the normal time that you're allotted to assume or something like that? Could Maybe be a pre-assume. Maybe that's what it yeah. used to be. I don't want to pre-assume, and that got dropped, rightfully, to presume. Right. Because pre- pre-assume, yeah, it's too many syllables. Yeah. So presume. So, base, so, okay, I think, I think, so in other words, you're assuming something, but you're doing it too early. You need, <laughs> you need to uh, wait a while and then assume. Yeah. Is that, is that how it works? Yeah, it's a great area, and I love those words, because I always try to think of, what words would, if someone said certain words, would you not fear them uh, robbing you on the street? Oh, yeah. And, I, and I'm not talking about white collar crime because they might use no. the big words and stuff. But uh, <laughs> like if some guy's going, yeah, I presume that that tower, he wouldn't then turn around and go, hey, buddy, you know, your money, your life. Yeah, I, yeah right. No, I think about that all the time. Like what are the words like doily and, and uh, <laughs> That, that hell's angels never use like I, that's where i go like like what would the hell's angel would hell's angels use this word no good then it's a good word right <laughs> so uh uh presume is one of those words i don't think the hell's angels have ever a, a, any hell's angels has ever used that word in their life 
Probably not. And again, Hell's Angels, thankfully, because they were used to be like, oh, Hell's Angels. Now I, I, we don't in Third Street, not far from where you used to live in Manhattan, used to be a headquarter. Weren't they all over? Oh, God, Scotty, I once went story. Uh, uh, I, I, yes, it's over on Third Street. And I lived on Fourth Street. Wow. Between uh, uh, First and A. And they were Third Street between First and Second Avenue. Right. And I would and I remember on Fourth of July, they would take take over the block mm. the third street block the whole uh the whole block would just be a block party for hell's angels and their women and, and their and and the kids and so it was like families mm. and 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 on one end of the street there's this hell's angels guy kind of guarding the barricade and he's and, and he has a hook for a hand scotty oh wow like captain hook mm. imagine that like you have a hand you move, move, lose your hand, and you replace it with a hook, just so you could be really badass. Wow. And that, and that was that guy. He, he was standing there, and he gave me a look, and I just said, hey, you know, I just, I, did, I, I wasn't, I, you know, I, I just kept walking right, because I had to see it. I had to walk through a Hell's Angels barbecue, and I did it. I walked from th- from se- uh, first to second on third, and and they have this, they had this uh, on the on the. Um, uh, uh, on the wall across from the from the actual headquarters was building for the Hell's Angels in New York. They had so and so Jimmy Lights, and then a quote, what, you know, in memory, uh, uh, R.I.P. somebody's name, right? One of their Hell's Angels names, and then a quote, his famous quote that the guy used to say, "When in doubt, knock him out." Wow, <laughs> painted on the wall uh, on Thursday. You couldn't get away with that in the corporate world. Uh, no, using that. Although sadly, Tommy, uh, uh, that seems to be the uh, mo of the, the whole Trumpism is basically this bullish, uh, mean way of you know just knock him out. So it's it's sort of yeah, full no, circle, well, you know. I, I think that, that that what I took away from that is that I had by wa- going uh, walking through the Hell's Angels Fourth uh, of July block party past the guy with the hook and the sign, when in doubt, knock him out. I realized I was the bravest person in the world at that moment. Yeah. That I had just done the most brave thing in, the mo- in that one. And then I went back to being terrified at everything else. <laughs> but at that moment. Yeah, well, you can never have that taken away from you. It can never be taken away from me. Yeah, yeah. And I, I should I, say. I that they'll, be, they'll pound on the door and say, yeah, you remember, you know, that moment you had where <laughs> we're, we're taken away from you now. And, and then I'll, I'll just look at them and say, no, you're not. No, because a lot you're of not. times they think you, you're going to be scared. Go, oh, OK, you could take it. No, you actually could just say, I'm sorry, I'm going to I'm keeping it. And I'm then that moment, it swivel four you know, years ago. Yeah. It, 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 and and uh, I've kept it all this time. I'm not going to give it up. So you're right. No, and and you, what happens is they just kind of just shrink and kind of snivel away. And then and they don't. Yeah. Because what could they say? No, yeah, we well, really want it back. No. All the way, hoping to take back a moment. Like, who does that? Yeah. Like, what, yeah. How do you take back? How do you even take back a moment? Or well, if you think about it, like, how would you even? Like, yeah. Well, it's uh, and that. Yeah. In, our, in a way, I feel bad for them that they t- that, that if they would take that whole trip from I presume New York to to L.A. into my house, pounding on the door. Remember that moment you had forty years ago? We're taking it back. <laughs> I would be so nervous if I was a moment taker like that. I'd yeah, like, yeah. Well, they're good at that. And then, of course, what again, what they appeal to is like, you're going to be 
in the moment, in the, that moment, you're going to say, oh, oh, okay, sure, you can have it. Instead of yeah. taking a breath going, you know what, I yeah. have to hold on to that moment. That's right. That's right. That's what people, you know, because you're, you're taken by surprise. Yeah. Like they don't call you up in advance. They don't text No, you. no, they just show, show up at your door. Yeah. And they're kind of a little menacing, I'll be honest. I, I'm assuming this. I haven't actually experienced this, but I'm assuming if, you know, and it's all, this, all of this is based on the, the uh, the point that you made that you they can't take that moment away from no, you. exactly and again I also want to emphasize we don't consider Hell's Angels a criminal element like we were referring to before about what criminals would say but they present a tough veneer certainly and uh, if you cross them the wrong way and uh, but they've done a lot of good work in the but community it's, it's a good you know. way to just determine which you words you know I mean when you're going to talk to you need to know what to, to have a, a, a an understanding. If you're if you're going to have a conversation with a hell's angels person, right? A, a hell's angel, I guess we would call them. You need to know what words to not use. That's all I'm saying, Scotty. Yeah. I, I just don't want our podcast listeners to go into a conversation with a hell's angel and use words like. Um, well, doily, I think was doily. a perfect example. That might trigger something in them, and you don't want that to happen. So you don't want, yeah. that, not with an angel, of course not. No. Uh, absolutely, you know, and and that's all I'm saying. Well, I that's think that's not just all. I think that's a major thing. And to end with today, basically to say, well, here's a tip because we give tips. If you're gonna have a chat yeah. with a hell's angel, uh, just don't bring up the word doily. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. otherwise you're fine. Yeah, uh, and there's a few other words too, but yeah. but uh, but doily definitely. Yeah, and then you could go on and converse uh, amiably. So use a placemat or you know some you know yeah. like uh, you know or or or, or uh, like a, a, a you know just you know just 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 avoid uh, talking about little little uh, paper items that you put under a glass. Let's you don't yeah. need to we'll try to discuss. steer the conversation away from that, and you'll be fine. Yes, that's it. That's basically. Uh, I mean, there's many. There's more things to say in that, but for now. Uh, that's a tip. One good tip for the day when that's you're conversing. And we gotta, we gotta get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we could, we could go on and on. Once we start talking about words that hell's angels don't ever say, that's obviously many, many shows. Oh yeah, yeah. But we're so, just kicking it off here and uh, no, now and, and for now. Uh, uh, I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman. I'm still Tom Saunders.